Hey, I'm Dr. T, and this is That's Totally Normal, a podcast dedicated to explaining what's happening to your body during puberty. On this episode, periods. Everyone, I'm super excited about this episode. Not only because it's a topic that half of the world population deals with, will deal with, or has dealt with every month, but also because we have a special guest. Camila Kashani is the host of Feeling My Flow, a podcast that is all about periods. She and I will have a chat about what it means to menstruate and what we want you to learn from our experiences. But first, let's talk basics. What is a period? You might already know it as bleeding from the vagina every month. And yes, that's true. But what exactly is happening and why? If you're anything like me, you might consider getting your period to be the main event of puberty. And in many ways, it is. Puberty starts with breast development, on average around the age of 10, though everyone is different, which is followed by a growth spurt a year or two later, and then a period. The average age of a first period is about 12 and a half, but there's nothing average about a first period. For example, here's a question from one of our listeners. I'm 15 years old, and I got my very first period earlier this year. It lasted for five days, but I haven't gotten it again. And now I'm a few months late. Is this normal? And the crazy thing is, yes, it can be totally normal. It's annoying, right? It's all because of hormones, the true conductors of puberty. As puberty gets up and running, the main hormone responsible for breast development, which is again, the first sign of puberty, is estrogen. Over the next couple of years, estrogen levels slowly increase, which also causes an increase in other hormones too. It might help to think of hormones during puberty like a snowball rolling down a hill. The snowball starts out small, but as it continues to roll, it picks up more and more snow until it's much bigger. In a similar way, estrogen slowly builds while also stimulating the release of other hormones like follicle stimulating hormone, which is abbreviated FSH, luteinizing hormone, which is abbreviated LH, and progesterone. It's actually a super complicated system of checks and balances, but the point is that it takes a few years to get all of the hormone signaling just right, which is why periods actually happen much later in puberty than breast development. However, what you might notice happening a year or so before your first period is some clear vaginal discharge, or stuff that kind of looks like snot. This is totally normal and is actually a sign that estrogen and the other hormones are all doing their job. But let's circle back to our listener question and why her period is so irregular. Have you ever gotten into a car when it's super cold outside? Maybe it takes a couple of turns of the key to get the car finally turned on. And that's your first period. Heck, maybe the engine even shuts off again and you have to restart things. But once things are up and running, it's still freezing in the car. It takes some time for the car to get nice and warmed up, running smoothly and keeping you comfortable. And that's kind of like your period. It can take a couple of years for all the hormones to get everything just right so that you have a reliable, regular period schedule. Now, everyone take a deep breath. A normal period schedule is defined by a period that lasts anywhere from three to seven days and two periods can be anywhere from 21 to 45 days apart. Whoa! Here's another reminder that yes, everyone is different. And now the big question, why do we have periods at all? This requires a quick anatomy lesson. 
Starting on the outside, the vagina is a little tunnel that leads to the cervix, which is essentially the door to the uterus. The uterus is where, if someone gets pregnant, a fetus grows, which is the term we use to describe a baby growing inside of a mother. On each side of the uterus are two little tubes that lead to your two ovaries, and ovaries are responsible for making eggs, which, when combined with sperm, can create a fetus. Got it? So here's what happens. Your uterus wants to make the perfect environment for a fetus. We're talking perfect. Fresh blood vessels and fluffy, sticky uterine tissue. It usually takes a week or so to get things just right, and then one of your ovaries releases an egg into the uterus. This is called ovulation. If there is no sperm, which happens most of the time for all people who have periods, your egg just travels out of your vagina and you won't even notice. It's teeny tiny. Your uterus then thinks, well shoot, missed that one. But I wanna be just as perfect by the time the next egg shows up. So it starts over. Your uterus slowly makes its lining less sticky and more bloody so that a couple of weeks later it can push everything out in the form of a period. Then the process starts all over again. And again. And again. In fact, the only thing that really changes is which ovary releases an egg. They usually take turns month to month. Which brings us to the topic of cramps. It takes a little more than gravity to get all of that old uterine lining out through the vagina. So a little extra muscle is needed or quite often, a lot of extra muscle. The squeezing of uterine muscles is the main cause of those painful aches when you're on your period, and some can be worse than others. How bad your cramps will be are usually genetic, meaning that if your mom or grandmother had bad cramps, you might too. But things that help? Regular exercise and over-the-counter pain medicines like Tylenol or ibuprofen. All right, I'm ready to mix this up. I want to introduce you to Camila Kashani, host of Feeling My Flow. Camila, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Tessa. Thanks for having me. Do you remember your first period? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, we talk about it in one of the episodes of the podcast. I got my period when I was 10. Um, and my sister actually, so I grew up sharing a bedroom with my sister. We're seven years apart. Um, and I don't know if this is like scientifically accurate, but like, so she got her period for the first time when she was 17 and I got my period for the first time, like two months later, like right after her wow. at 10. Um, so we went through our first, like figuring it all out kind of together at 10. I just was like, Oh, this is the thing that's happening. My sister obviously would be considered conventionally like a late bloomer. And so she had been like waiting for her period unbeknownst to me. And so she got hers. And then I came kind of like right after her and she was like, what do you mean she got her period? Like, she's just like, she's 10. I've been waiting for this for years and she just got her period. Um, yeah, it was pretty uneventful. I think because my sister was right before me, I had watched um, how my mom explained everything to her. And I watched, like, we shared a bedroom. So I was like, oh, what's this? She's like, this is my period, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I immediately got it and I was like, oh, we just, we just talked about this. Like I, I was kind of prepared in that way. Um, I think we were, I was like out to eat with my mom and I felt like just wet and sticky. And because my sister had just experienced it, I was like, is this, is this, is this my period? Is this what this is? Um, and I was like so nervous about it. I actually, we were out to dinner and I felt it and I just refused to go to the bathroom because I was like, if I have my period, I don't want to see it until I'm home. 
And so I waited until we got home to like confirm or not. Um, and I, I called my mom and she was like, yep, that, that's your period. And she like showed me how to wash out my underwear. And she was like, okay, get in the shower. <laughs> oh, that's, that is a really special situation that you, um, it's also, also, I would say in my experience, professionally pretty rare that usually we, we see periods and the timing of first periods be genetic or they kind of run in families that if you're a late bloomer or if your mom was a late bloomer that um your sister and that you would both usually be late bloomers but it, it's kind of, i mean i think that's a really interesting um situation that you had there and a very memorable one too that you got to experience it together how has talking about periods have you felt like that's changed at all over the years and you know you're someone that is doing a podcast on periods. So I'm sure your life is full of period talk. But um, I feel like when I was growing up, we didn't really talk about periods so much. I don't remember discussing it with my friends. I remember maybe talking about cramps or something like that. But I don't really remember being as open or explicit as it seems to be the case for so many right now. Um, do you feel like that or has it always kind of been an open topic for you? Oh, I definitely feel like that. I feel like growing up, we didn't really talk about it either. I remember my mom, um, when I would spend the night at people's houses, my mom would say like, no one should know that you have your period, but you like, you should be cleaning up after yourself and like disposing of your products in a way that nobody would ever know that you had your period. Like we, it was very much like a, this is, this is on you. Like nobody else needs to know. This is nobody else's problem, but yours. Um, I don't, I think, yeah, definitely talked about maybe cramps with my friends, but it's definitely was like when we asked, when you asked for a tampon or a pad or something, you would slip it up your sleeve so that nobody would see it. Like you, this was like a secret, like nobody needed to know. Um, I think the shift probably is more generationally. I, I've learned more about periods in the last year or two working on feeling my flow than I had the last 15 years of my life when I was menstruating. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about it. I think it, it depends on your circle too. So like the more I've been talking about it because this is what I do now, like this is a part of my life. I just talk about periods all the time. The people around me, know that that's what I do and that's what I'm comfortable with. And so they're also more comfortable with it. Like even my friends that do menstruate, the more we spend time together and I'm like, yeah, it's like this thing happened with my, my peer. I just took my menstrual cup out and they're like, oh, that's, so that's where Camila's at. This is the energy we're matching. <laughs> this is where we're going. <laughs> and I think once that door is open, at least for other people that menstruate, it's a part of, it's a part of your life more than you realize it is. So having that open door of like, okay, this is normal. This is okay. Encourages the people around you to also be comfortable and feel okay talking about this thing. Even like my dad, my dad was very much not on board when I first started doing this. And it's the more we've just put it into our conversations. It's very much just like a, you need me to go to the store for you? Oh, do you have cramps? Okay, I'll, like, I'll get the hot water bottle for you. Like, it's very normal now, but it took a lot to get there, like a lot of conversation and like making it more normal to get there. But it is definitely a thing where it's like, it, it is fully, totally normal. And if you make it normal in your conversations and in the way you move, I think the people around you were a little bit more, at least in my experience, they've been more susceptible to being like, oh yeah, this is, this is fine. This is cool. This is normal. I feel like, 
the it's a bit generational, like you were saying as well, both talking about it and being accepting of talking about it. Even if I'm comfortable talking about it with my friends, I would never, well, I might. I don't know if I would call my grandma up and say, hey, I'm on my period. And like so many people, half the world deals with periods or has mm-hmm. dealt with periods or will deal with periods. And so it's a really normal thing and a normal part of life. And I love that this generation is much more comfortable talking about it too. I've, I've been inspired by them. Yeah. How has your perception of periods changed as, as you've gotten older? So not necessarily talking about it, but how do you view your own period or periods now? How has that changed as you've gotten older? It's still morphing. I think it's still developing. I think um, I've learned to be more like, I guess, gentle with myself when maybe I have to take a day off because my period's like really that bad that day and I need to just take a day, like having that be okay. And like, it's not, it doesn't reflect badly on you or like mean that you can't handle things if you need to tell someone like, actually I have, I have my period and I'm not, I'm not feeling good. So like, I gotta, I gotta take a day off today. And like, that's okay sometimes if you need that. Um, I think it, it's changed a lot as I've like even switched products like I, when I was 10, I, I used pads uh, starting off and I started using tampons in college and I recently started using a menstrual cup. And it's just the the cycle of like how much more intimate you have to be with yourself when you have different products. Um, you like learn more even just through that. So like I caught myself uh, a couple of months ago, I changed my menstrual cup and it like there was like clots everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is gross. And I had to catch myself and be like, actually, no this is normal. This is my body. This is not gross. And like, like check in that moment, I had to check myself and be like, no, like, don't, this is, don't call yourself gross. This is fully normal. This is like fine. And that's so true. So I want to cycle back to first, your perception of periods changes with the products you use. And I definitely understand that one as well. When you first start having your period and you're using these bulky pads that feel like a diaper. I had a more difficult time with tampons and I actually, my babysitter was the one, she was younger, so not my mom, but my babysitter was the one who showed me how to put a tampon in and the right position. And I remember when I was first able to start using tampons well, that was a game changer. Like you, I recently started using a menstrual cup. And yes, it does take some <laughs> It's so intimacy. intimate. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. But yes, so changing your perception with the products is is such a wonderful way to, to say it. And I um, completely agree with you. Okay. So how are we changing as a society when it comes to discussing menstruation? You obviously have this podcast and we're talking sort of about the generational differences, but do you think as a society, we are becoming more open or accepting of sharing this part of our life? I think, I think so. Just not as fast as I think I would like, you know? I think we have come a little bit further as far as like being accepting, right? But this is my perception as like, a straight cisgendered woman. Um, Mm -hmm. So like someone that 
is trans or non-binary or doesn't have a very different relationship with their period and a very different relationship with the way people people perceive them and their bodies and their periods and like how they interact with that right mm-hmm. so like um i i i we're like slowly moving towards being just like this is fully totally normal i think as a society All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. You had some wonderful insight on periods and menstruation. Can you just share with our listeners where they can hear your podcast? Definitely. Um, We're in between seasons right now, but you can catch Feeling My Flow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's uh, Feeling My Flow, F-L-O, no W. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Before we go, I want to thank you all for listening to That's Totally Normal. If you ever have any questions for me, submit them via my website on Seeker's social media or write to us at that's totally normal at seeker.com. Remember, everything is completely anonymous, which means we won't use your name on the show. However, if you're really concerned about something going on or think you need medical attention, please talk to a doctor, a parent, or an adult that you feel safe talking to. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate it. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a huge thank you to Camila for joining us today. Camila is the host of Feeling My Flow, a podcast that sees menstruation as an event that happens to all types of bodies. Visit feelingmyflow.com. That's flow as in F-L-O, no W, for episodes and more information. That's Totally Normal is a podcast created by Seeker and Tracks. The show is hosted and written by me, Dr. Tessa Commerce. Emily Feld is our producer. Caroline Roth, Brian Simigala, and Matt Morales are our Seeker producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Ross. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner and Brian Pendergast. Thanks for listening. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.